Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to An Hour in the Garden. My name is Paul Peacock. An Hour in the Garden is a weekly podcast that takes you on a journey through the gardening year. You can subscribe on iTunes and if you like us, please rate us on iTunes and other social media. You might also like to listen to our other podcasts, Recipe for the Day, Making Cheese at Home and the Sausage Podcast. And very soon we're going to have a Good Life podcast that focuses on growing and keeping garden livestock. You can find all of our work on www.kitchennewbie.com and we hope you will sign up to our newsletter. Hello and welcome to An Hour in the Garden. I'm looking over the sort of vegetable stroke cottage garden that we have at the back or the front, I don't know which it is, of the house. And I can see the jobs that I've got to be doing this week uh, quite clearly from up here. Um, For example, I've got to start separating and potting up and taking runners from the strawberries. And looking from where I am, when you're in the garden you can't see it, but looking from where I'm stood now, there is a huge dock (laughs) right in the middle of it all, so that's got to come out. So we've got some weeding to do there. We've got plenty of weeding to do at the back. But the major things I can see that I have to accomplish this week, the first one is to severely reduce the leaf area of the pumpkins we've got a jolly lot of pumpkins they're all fantastic but the leaves now are uh, fungused up and they need to be removed and I'll also be working on the raspberries as well which are currently driving the chicken mad because <laughs> she's marching up and down um, we've got to get some more chickens too but that's a different story altogether and then generally working on the paths because some of them have become weeded a bit and um, there's plenty to be getting on with there. And then finally get to grips with the left-hand bed near the dry stone wall. And on the dry stone wall we have a load of birds. From up here we can see quite clearly that we have our bird feeder with um, fat balls in and water there available for them. And also our neighbours do too. And so the birds very patiently queue up. We've got a woodpecker, a letter-spotted woodpecker, umpteen blue tits and great tits and coal tits, Um, the odd magpie, (laughs) and it's a very odd magpie too. And um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a menu up (laughs) for them to decide which one to go to because... They queue up to go on either either station, either feed either feeding station. And so I'm going to put a menu up 
Uh, on today's menu we have, um, for starters, mealworms. And then for main course, um, fat balls. <laughs> so on and so But um, yes, they're quite amazing to look at when they um, literally almost take it in turns. Uh, so uh, one of the jobs this week might be, because we have a few little kind of extra uh, amusing little things around the garden. I draw the line at gnomes. I don't put gnomes in the garden. Personally, I don't particularly like them, but I suppose, and dare say, many people do. But uh, we have some tea, tea signs and um, bread signs and various other things from the our past, and uh, it's really is a, a uh, just a little bit of quaint fun. But that said, what can we else can we be doing um, this week? I'm going to come away from the window because it probably sounds like I'm in a box, which I'm not. Um, and there are plenty of things I wanted to to kind of concentrate on things that we can set off because we often think, don't we, that at this time of the year we can disregard growing in the garden and start tidying up as I've already kind of mentioned <laughs> but um, it's not always the truth there's lots of other things to be done and there are things to be sown right now and yesterday we spent some time sowing violets violas and also planting some out and um, it's true to say that very often some of the prettiest things in the garden are also some of the toughest and uh, we have now the container it's a pretty large container but the container that um, had sweet peas in it and the sweet peas have all finished and gone now uh, are now stuffed with pansies and uh, small violas and they uh, look gorgeous and will in fact survive the the meanest of weathers that um, the East Lancashire Valley um, can get. If you're going to sow them up, put them into a into a, into composting pots and pop that into a cold frame or a cool greenhouse, and they will, uh, depending on the temperatures, um, germinate fairly slowly, but will be ready for planting out. Uh, in the spring. Um, similarly, um, lupins. Now, I don't like personally lupins. I think they're a little bit gaudy and you can get all kinds of crazy mixtures of colours. And um, I don't personally like them, but Diana does. <laughs> so when I um, I'm going to try and do this um, next week or two is to have a go at growing um, the variety Dwarf Fairy Pink and they, they first of all they're not huge they come about 60 centimetres 50 to 60 centimetres and secondly they are um, delicately pinky white flowers so that they're not kind of you know you can get them that are 
bright red and yellow combination. I think there's one called something along the lines of um, popcorn or um, something like that. And they're, they're incredibly gaudy. You can get some purpley and um, orangey type ones too. And I find them to be a little bit too much for my personal taste. But these delicate um, pinky white flowers look pretty good and they um, they will go again into a pot of ordinary basic compost. I'm not going to be messing around with these so I don't I'm not going to put them in potting in, in you know sort of seed compost. I'm going to be just using general purpose compost and again um, popping them into the cold frame. Uh, all of these at the moment are for cold frame use. Um, now I adore Aquilegia and they do self-seed uh, pretty much but the, the thing about Aquilegia is that well there's a few things. First of all as they are self-seeding they change. The genetics of them change um, season after season and you would expect that to happen, just naturally allowing them to um, fertilize themselves and create, you know, you get genetic variation. And that is very often seen or reflected in the nature of the flowers, which is fine. That's okay. Um, but every now and again, it's worthwhile getting some uh, new stock in. Again, Aquilegias are one of those plants that you can mess about with genetically. Uh, lots and lots of uh, different varieties come out, doubles. Um, some of them don't even look like Aquilegias. Um, again, gaudy flowers and um, again, just not to my taste. So um, I'm just going to get the bog standard. Um, Aquilegia carulia, which are archetypal grandma's bonnets, and that's what they look like, and that's what I like, and so that's what I'm growing. Um, now, you might not want to grow the next one, but I absolutely adore them, and I always wear uh, gloves when I'm gardening. There's a few plants that you need to wear gloves for, obviously, like nettles um, are going to hurt, and um, Euphorbia, I find, um, really does irritate my skin. Some people can't, aren't bothered by it. Some people are blistered really badly by it. But monkshood has a real serious history of being, until the late 20th century, um, monkshood or aconitums have been the most poisonous um, plants and the aconitine, or I think that's what it's called, the poison that comes from it, has been the most poisonous substance known to man. So growing monkshood, you might decide not to bother, but it does have a beautiful flower. It's called monkshood because the flowers look like the hood of a monk. The flowers of monkshood are not the problem. It's the 
the leaves, the stems and the roots. They're quite hardy. You can grow them in pots now, um, put them in a, a coal frame and transplant them in the spring. It's fairly straightforward, very easy to grow, very easy. They're very good germinators. The, the poison was the one that was given to the old men of some Greek islands. One, one, uh, once a, a person became too old to be useful to the state, they were forced to drink monk's hood. <laughs> that bumped them off. Uh, the Romans used to use it as a poison. The uh, the many many a uh, a um, Roman emperor en ended up being uh, removed from his seeds by the use of monkshood. It's also known as wolf's bane, and that came about because um, when people were hunting wolves, they um, created a preparation of um, monk's hood and tipped their um, arrows with it and so they only had to actually get to the wolf and pierce it to actually see the thing off because they knew that within a very short time it's a very fast acting poison the animal would be dead Lots and lots of armies used to use monk's hood as a way of killing whole villages by um, throwing the plants down the well. Um, so, you know, you might not want to be <laughs> a little bit wary of them, but they do make a beautiful um, perennial addition to the border. And in the wintertime, you just cut them down. And they'll grow up again the following year. But again, wear gloves, and that's that's the important bit. The wearing of the gloves is the the key to this. And don't eat it, of course. If you do eat it, then maybe you won't be around for the next podcast. Um, hollyhocks. I love hollyhocks, and I love um, well, I love anything that looks like lavatera. Anyway, um, and the hollyhocks are a little bit like that. And the one that I'm um, sewing up this week it will be uh, creme de cassis. And it's um, a beautiful dark uh, burgundy colour and it's absolutely beautiful. And so that will make a, a fine addition to the borders. Um, and essentially, with all of the above, you just... Um, sew them up, keep them moist not too wet, pop them in a coal frame or a coal greenhouse and then um, bring them in next spring. Now yesterday we had a fantastic time because the old apple tree that's been here I don't know how long it's been here a long time, it's quite tall now and um, the wood is quite brittle and for how long is it? What year are we in? 2018. So for the eight years that we've been living in this house. So for the eight years we've been living in this house, we um, actually have not had any apples. And it's taken me a long time to get going. 
to get that plant going and eventually it started to produce fruit last year it produced some and this was after the addition of lots and lots of compost lots of fertilizer um, the removal of other plants around it etc etc this year the thing is absolutely laden with with fruit um, now i didn't bother to protect it from um, moths or anything at all uh, last year i will this year i'll be putting um, grease bands on it and making sure that um, we don't get crawly uppy plants with quite a lot of of um, attacked and messed up fruit but there's an enormous amount of of uh, good fine fruit so yesterday we decided to start to get some of it down because it's been they've been falling like crazy now i don't know if you are aware of newton's laws of motion the one that um <laughs> the one that i um use most of the time is um s equals ut plus a half at square and um <laughs> what it means is an apple on a tree um now these apples are timed it took them about a second to fall from the top branches um, to the floor so you can work out how fast they're going um, s equals um, ut which is zero because that's the original speed but it wasn't moving anyway so that was fine plus a half at squared so that's um, um, acceleration due to gravity is about 10 meters a second per second the time is one second and you have that so um one second squared is one times 10 is 10 divided by two is five meters per second so when this apple fell on rebecca's head <laughs> it was doing approximately five meters a second which is about 18 kilometers an hour so not that fast but faster than you can run mostly <laughs> and uh, they're out now some of them have fallen and we collected them off the floor and they split and various bits so they're being peeled and turned into all kinds of chutneys I'm hoping there will be enough left over to make a little bit of cider or apple wine if we can now um back to the sewing up stuff eryngium um i love it see holly it's absolutely brilliant i think he spoke about it last week but it's time to get that that in the ground and echinops too beautiful little leaves and utterly gorgeous flowers kind of they look like sticky buds i don't know if you remember sticky buds we don't see them that very often these days you get more teasels than sticky buds these days but uh, beautiful bright purpley flowers that go on uh, that uh, echinops has the end of and um, again sewing in pots placing in um, a core frame now time also to start the bascom now personally i think that they're a little bit like hollyhocks and lavateria um, now you can either set these seeds off outdoors 
and just simply grow them where you're going to have them or you can put them in pots um, similarly um, with salvias and uh, you can grow them in pots or uh, in trays uh, and you can have them outdoors or in cold frame or in an unheated greenhouse and they will come through now I don't like the fussy ones there's a bit of a there's a bit of a what's the word trend going on here isn't it you can see what kind of plants that I like in terms of dahlias for example I like the simple ones not the pom-pom ones so much I do like them of course but or the aster type ones I'm not particularly enamored of them particularly but the simple ones melt my heart and the same goes with nephophias um, if you want a good display of nephophias next year why don't you start them off from seed now and uh, they will all um, work very very well in the garden uh, they will uh, easily get through the the rubbish that the weather sends and uh, we'll be ready for printing out in the spring printing out planting out in the spring now hardy geraniums can be sold now too and um, overwintered and now we've got wargrave pink everywhere you can't get rid of it <laughs> it grows in every nook and cranny i'm looking um, at a telegraph pole which i would imagine um, there's a few uh, geraniums looking at it thinking I'm going to grow over there <laughs> they do, they grow everywhere They can't. every little crack is full of a, a little pink geranium which is fine but it's very very invasive you have to keep on top of it but uh, there are so many geraniums these days uh, umpteen millions of them um, and I quite fancy orchid blue and then also purple haze uh, simply because they have vibrancy about them they look as though they're alive in the border and uh, of course they're alive in the border but they have this kind of element of look at me I'm really um, showing off and and so um, some of the borders will be um, orchid blue and purple haze next year now whatever you like in the garden and I absolutely adore is um, California poppies and um, I will be well <laughs> let me put it this way what I do when our California poppies have um, finished flowering is I collect the seeds and I sprinkle them willy-nilly uh, where I want them to come up uh, consequently now is a great time for sowing poppies even if you you know if you buy them also it doesn't have to be california poppies the same thing happens regardless of the type of poppy you use simply take it broadcast it uh, forget about it and up they will come now if you're going to be making a show bed of them then you have to make sure that they're not competing with other things and uh, so clear it hoe it up and then so thickly I wouldn't mess about with it I would actually really get stuck in and um, sow it um, 
double the rate that it says on the packet. So you probably need double the packets. Um, and you will have a, a lovely display next summer. So um, a bishop's weed um, and poppies go well together. And uh, this bishop's weed is Ami. And um, again, like the poppy, just broadcast them wherever you want them to be. And they'll come up. Um, they form... How can I put this? They look like parachuters. It's an umbel, um, and the the stems are very slender, but the umbels are very white, and it looks like you've got um, the RAF parachuting into your garden. They're so beautiful. Um, other hardy annuals we can grow in the garden. Uh, cornflowers, um, poached egg plants, larkspur, which will um, flower pretty much as soon as the sunshine hits it. It's so beautiful. Oh, I'm so thrilled because I'm looking out of the window at the queuing birds ready for their with ready for their mid-morning snacks, and uh, we have a long line on. The on the uh, electricity line that comes from the telegraph pole uh, because it being in the countryside we everything comes on wires we have a family of long-tailed tits and they are so so beautiful they look like a Japanese painting anyway that was a digression um, yeah the larkspur will uh, burst into flower the very second that uh, the sun rises above the yard arm and warms the place up at the end of May into June. So um, sowing it now, wherever you want it to grow, is really fine. Um, Larkspur and delphiniums make a wonderful mixture. So why not have a go at them? They're, they're, they're just completely beautiful. Um, so there's plenty to be sowing out there. There's plenty to be doing. There's plenty to be um, thinking about. There's still harvesting to be done. I've taken pretty much nearly all of the potatoes we had in um, containers. But... Just going back to the window again to see these long-tailed tits on the um, on the fat ball feeder, and they're beautiful. As we uh, look around the garden, you can see <laughs> in the newly created flower bed where the cosmos has sort of done its best now and needs clearing away. There's a potato, and then when you look to the left. Um, and you can see where I've actually started work on the pumpkins and I have a net, a kind of a, a wooden framework with um, netting to keep the birds off the cabbages. If you look inside there, um, there's a potato. One of the things that we really need to do is to try and keep the potatoes not growing where they shouldn't be. So I'll be cleaning out the cabbages and 
harvesting some more potatoes. Thanks ever so so much for listening. We do hope you'll have a great time in your garden this week. We hope that the weather will be fine for you. It doesn't promise to be. And uh, please do tell us about your garden. What's happening in the autumn? There's one thing I missed out on is the um, to talk about the chilies. So we'll do that probably next week. Because chilies are often thought as being like tomatoes. And that they are to be discarded at the end of the year. But you can keep them going. So anyway, thanks for listening. Do let us know. Send us an email at paul at kitchennewbie.com and we hope to be with you again next week. Thank you for listening to An Hour in the Garden. We do hope you'll get in touch with us and tell us about your garden. Send us pictures. We'd love to know what our listeners are getting up to. If you'd like to help us in our work, then please consider becoming a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com and it's a kitchen newbie that you're looking for. And we do hope to hear from you very soon with your pictures and your ideas for your garden. Pretty soon we're going to be having a new podcast all about the good life, which is essentially gardening with a whole lot of information about chickens and bees and other garden livestock thrown in. So please do look out for that and we'll hopefully see you next week.